0: Dr. Bill Ormston grew up in Marshalltown, Iowa. He got his bachelor's degree in animal science from Iowa State University in 1982, and his DVM from Iowa State University in 1988. After some time working in mixed animal practice, he purchased a practice in Climax Springs, Missouri. Seeking care solutions for his autistic son led Bill to investigate alternative health modalities. He was certified by the American Veterinary Chiropractic Association in 1998 and earned a doctorate in veterinary homeopathy from the British Institute of Homeopathy in 2003. Dr. Ormston was a founder of the Animal Chiropractic Training Program at Parker Chiropractic College in Texas, where he served as an instructor from 2001 to 2013. In 2013, he and Dr. Amy Hayek founded the Animal Chiropractic Education Source, pioneering the combination of online and in-person animal chiropractic training and continuing education. Bill has written over 100 articles for publication and a number of books in the areas of nutrition and chiropractic. He's also a prolific speaker, lecturing both nationally and internationally on the benefits of chiropractic. Please enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Dr. Bill Ormston as we discuss his childhood showing cattle, his early years in veterinary medicine, his training in chiropractic, and why chiropractic medicine is the key to health. Dr. Ormston, we are sitting across from each other. It's my first live interview, and I'm just glad that it's you. <laughs> well, that, I can take that more than one way. <laughs> so I'm glad to be here. What was it like growing up in Marshalltown, Iowa?
1: Oh, in Marshalltown, Iowa. Well, you know, that's kind of where we, um, we moved there when I was like 13. But anyway, so Marshalltown was, um, at that time, white collar. Uh, it was... Uh, we were poor folk in town, even though Dad was a teacher. But we did a lot of 4-H. So I didn't do a lot in Marshalltown. We just did a lot of 4-H. Showed steers, showed heifers, a lot of fairs.
0: Did you? Uh, so, at what point did you figure you want to be a veterinarian?
1: Um, well, so the original story that goes way back to when I was going to be a veterinarian was a dog I had by the name of Super Squirrel. Uh, Super Squirrel was a long-haired Chihuahua. Um, that was out of my Chihuahua, and my Chihuahua was a purebred, short-haired Chihuahua, paid big bucks to get it bred by another, you know, purebred, short-haired chihuahua. And we had this furry thing come out and took them to the vet for their first checkup and shots. And the vet said, Oh wow. You've got a rare long-haired chihuahua there. The pick of the litter went from Eh, to Super Squirrel. (laughs) Well, Super Squirrel did great, and then one day I came home and Super Squirrel was paralyzed. Backhand. Took it in, and my folks said, nope, we're not going to pay that much money. You know, which at the time, probably was a thousand bucks, but you know, thousand bucks then 10,000 bucks. Now it's all relative. Yeah. But it was a lot of money. And, uh, so we put super squirrel asleep because super squirrel didn't have a broken back, which is paralyzed. Yeah. Well, now not only did when we really look back at it, not only did super squirrel get me started on being a veterinarian, it said, no, you're not going far enough. Go be an animal chiropractor.
0: So, ah, all right. So, uh, Bachelor's in animal science. Yep. So you're thinking large animal when you get get to school?
1: Yeah, I was thinking large animal all the way, cow vet. Yeah. You know, I worked on dairies, I showed cattle. Missed nine weeks my senior year showing show cattle all over. Went to the MGM sale, uh, which was, you know, for a little boy from Iowa. They made me rent three tuxes. Well, they, they sized me. They gave me three tuxes when I got there. Anytime you're with cattle, you wear a tux. Yeah. You do realize that's okay if it gets dirty, wash it. We'll we'll clean it for you. Always have a tux on. We're we're clipping cattle. We're hauling manure. You know, going to the wash rack with tuxes on at the MGM Graham in the basement. You know, it's like whoa, this is the life. You know, oh. I got to do this. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what'd you do when you got out of school?
1: Um. So undergrad, um, and I didn't get into vet school. Ah, uh-huh. I missed. Uh huh. So I went to work on a dairy, uh, down in South Texas for couple years decided you know hey there's not a lot of job security down here so i go back to vet school so i went to vet school sat in the back was going to be a a cow guy all the way i uh, did a couple research projects at when i was going to undergrad um, in fact one was hexanol we actually did the the trial on hexanol for pigs yeah um, you know they and they screwed up the bacteriology department screwed up So, as a student back in the '80s, got 20 bucks an hour to watch pigs, and every two hours we'd have to write notes. And they screwed up, and every pig died but one control group, one pig in the control group. So for 48 hours, we had to watch that one pig and temper it every two hours. Ah, jeez. Got 20 bucks an hour. Two of us sit there, play cards, (laughs) do a little studying.
0: Yeah. And that was my, by my first research project. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so what kind of practice did you get out of school?
1: Um, so the first practice was mixed animal practice in Northeast Iowa. Um, worked way too many hours, like a typical, animal practice. Yeah. Decided pretty soon that wasn't for me. Went to a practice in Hayes, Kansas. We stayed there for about five years. And then I bought my own practice in Missouri. That was Climax Springs. Yep, Climax Spring. So what... That's where we met you. Yeah, Yeah. so was it mixed practice then, or what was it? It was, I had bought a mixed practice. It was supposed to be 50-50. But the guy that owned it was old, that I bought it from. He was old. Yeah. And uh, the 50% of the mixed, of the large animal that he did was like the max in the community. That was it. He was doing all the large animal work in the community. There wasn't any more to be had. But the small animal was just tip of the iceberg because most people weren't bringing him dogs and cats because they knew it wasn't the place to go. Yeah. And then we blew that up pretty quick. We, we went to about 85 small and and 15 large. And so it was totally not what I was looking for, but we bought a practice. So, yeah.
0: So what are the circumstances that led you and me to end up in the back row of (laughs) in 1998 in Hillsdale, Illinois in an animal chiropractic program.
1: Well, first off, I have an autistic son and everybody wants to help.
0: You know, you have a
1: child or a family member that's sick, everybody gives you hints, helps. You ought to try this, you ought to try this. So, being trained in western medicine, I had to look everything up. And you know, that's how I have a degree in veterinary homeopathy and I didn't know the right questions to ask chiropractors and I went to a meeting um, in Kansas City, heard, heard Dr. Randy Kidd talk about chiropractic, and I had had just a recent episode of a dog that was similar to Super Squirrel, um, not quite as bad. We'd put him on pred, and he'd be better. He had a monkey deal that he used to make a mess of his monkey every morning, and if he didn't, then the owners would bring him in and say he's not playing with his monkey like he should, and basically... Um, we sent him to a surgeon, and he had surgery. And then he had it; he blew an elbow out from back surgery. Then he blew another elbow out from that surgery, and then he died. I was like, "Man, this dog should have never had surgery." And then I heard Doctor Kid talk. And I said, that's what that dog needed. So I ended up going to chiropractic school. Um, sat in the back row between you and a chiropractor from from Kansas, and uh, learned more than I thought. So had you. Been to a chiropractor before you went nope. went to class? No, no. Doctor Rodney actually adjusted me uh, in the hotel room uh, that first weekend. That first weekend, yeah, was my first chiropractic adjustment. Yeah.
0: What it was, my I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, it was kind of mind blowing to sit next to chiropractors and go through this program. It was. There's no
1: way that I would
0: have be where I am
1: today if it wasn't for sharing the profession with chiropractors. It is not veterinary medicine. It is closer to chiropractic medicine than it is to veterinary medicine, but it is not chiropractic medicine. It is animal chiropractic medicine, you know, and it takes both professions and Sharon knew that, you know, you and I had the opportunity. We were so fortunate. You know, we were her last class. Yeah. We were the last class that he she ever taught. And she was one of the few people in the history. I think there's 12 people that have gotten and had the gumption to get both a DC and a DVM degree. Yeah. I think there's 12 of them. Oh, that just blows my mind. She had both. Yeah. And then and and I had the honor, and you were there with me, of being her last group of students.
0: Whoa. Yeah, big stuff. So you took it back to your practice, didn't have to worry about a boss to uh, tell you to do or not to do it. Nope. And
1: my problem was that the way it was taught back then, and most of the schools do it the same, um, we learned one section a month. But my problem was that the animals that would come in before I got back to school were the animals that we were going to learn next month. (laughs) So I was calling instructors up and, you know, oh my God, I got this dog that's doing this and this needs to be adjusted. And what do I do? What do I do? Because we actually didn't get to adjust in school. Right. We had to go home and learn on our patients. Yep. And so my confidence level, it took me two years to get to where I knew that I could adjust and get positive results. Yeah. Did you hang out with anybody else that was trained or No. No. Yeah. I didn't have anybody. There was nobody anywhere around me. Yeah. And and
0: so I didn't. No. So what was it, uh, Riley, that led you into homeopathy then? Yeah, Riley, my autistic
1: son, was homeopathy, chiropractic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then at what point you moved to Texas?
1: Well, oh, this is going to go on air. Uh, we moved in 2001. And In fact, we moved September 1st, 2001. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Easy date to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so we uprooted the whole family, walked away from a clinic that was doing pretty good, and moved everything to Texas. Uh, attempt to save my family and marriage. Thought we'd try to keep it together. Didn't work, thank goodness. But in retrospect, thank goodness. But we moved September first, and then you know, eleven days later, all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And uh, like crud, man. So we moved from rural Missouri, which was relatively not affected by 9-11, yeah. to Dallas right which was one of the potential target areas yeah and uh so that was kind of scary oh yeah yeah Yeah. but so what did you join a practice there what did you do joined a practice um went into a equine only practice uh in a growing suburb of dallas and the idea was that i would provide small animal medicine in-house i would do all the chiropractic work in-house and i would also be um an emergency haul-in equine clinician. All right. And they knew that I didn't have much equine experience, but but they were okay with that. They said, we'll just talk you through it. How long were you there? I was there for um, a little over four years as an employee. And then um, one day I came home and uh, I had three teenage kids. One's autistic with a seizure disorder. And I didn't know what I was going to do for emergencies. And uh, so the other two guys, they were great. They said, hey, you know, Doc, we got your your back. Don't worry about it. Um, You get everything right. Take care of your son. Um, We know he's special needs. Take care of him. And we got your call for you. Yeah, for about 30 days. (laughs) And, And then they're like, uh... When are you gonna start taking call again? And I'm like, um, when are you gonna hire me a nanny? And and uh so basically we decided we should part ways. Yeah. But it was amicable enough that they let allowed me to come back one day a week and adjust small animals at their clinic. Um, and so that was good. Yeah. They they wouldn't schedule any surgery for me that day, because I said, Oh, I'm done with that. Um, and all I did was see patients either traditional small animal but by the time after a couple weeks you know all my clients knew when to schedule and they were so we were pretty busy just doing chiropractic one day a week one day a week there and then i'd go see horses uh the rest of the month on my own gotcha so how did you
0: get hooked up with parker
1: well so i needed CE, so i get this letter that says hey you need c e for your chiropractic for my chiropractor certificate, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Not for veterinary CE, but chiropractic CE. So I'm like, okay. So I call up the office and I say, hey, where can I get chiropractic CE? At? And they said, oh, the only place in Denport, Iowa. Well, I just moved. I ain't got no money. I'm a traditional, you know, veterinarian at that time. Um, you know, we're all broke. We don't have any money. And uh, it's like, man. So I said, how come there's nothing in Texas? So the office said, well, they're, you know, nobody's ever asked to do anything. Why don't you plan something? So I said, who would you get? So they sent me a list. So I'm calling all these people up saying, hey, you want to speak? Yeah, I'll speak for you. Great. What do you charge? Oh, expenses? Great. I'll put you down. Oh, you want $2 an hour plus expenses? Sorry, too expensive. Click. <laughs> so you got all these people lined up only doing expenses. We're having it at Motel 6. I mean... I know where the meeting's at. It's at Motel 6, right down the corner. All right. So send it in to get it approved by the ABCA. They come back with, oh, this looks really good. We're going to approve it. And we would like to have our annual meeting in conjunction with your CE. Just make sure that your hotel has an extra room, and we'll pay for the extra room. And, um, yeah, that's all we need. And I'm like, oh, crud. Probably not Hotel 6. So I asked my receptionist at the time, man, I need a hotel, blah, blah, blah. She goes, well, why don't you just have it at Parker Chiropractic College? I said, what? She said, yeah, let's have it at Parker Chiropractic College. It's right down the road. Uh, my husband goes to school there. There's a vet that's in charge, blah, blah, blah. You'll just, we'll just have it there. I said, okay, sounds great. So Jubilee Animal Chiropractic hosted the first uh, CE meeting outside Davenport, Iowa at Parker Chiropractic College in 2002. You were there. And uh, anyway, it was great. We had a lot of fun. And the people from Parker saw it, said, huh, you know, we should have an animal chiropractic program at Parker. So that's how I got tied up with Parker. And you designed the course. I designed the course. Uh, they had chiropractors on staff, but we had to have ABC certified instructors teaching the labs. So even though a bunch of the staff took our first program to get certified, that first year we had to have all outside instructors come in um, to teach the labs. So we had a lot of guys come in. And then you had to come down to that first meeting and and make sure that do the site inspection and make sure our course was good and that we were doing what we were saying we were doing.
0: So the first animal chiropractic program at a university. Yep. It was in 2003. Yeah. Parker Chiropractic College. Yep. How long were you involved with them? About
1: 10 years. A little over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. One class a year. One class a year. Started in March, got done in August. And then the ABCA exam was in September.
0: All right. And what happened next?
1: Well, a couple things. Um, I like to attribute it mainly to I'm a veterinarian that's self-employed. And I'm pretty proud of the fact that I worked, even though it was just six months a year, in a bureaucracy for 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, we've discussed some stuff and you've been on some boards and, you know. Oh, the frustration level as a sole and proprietor, the frustration level of some of that stuff can get pretty high. Yeah. But I was there for 10 years and uh, we parted kind of on mutual ways. It was a little unexpected, but we, you know, parted, I think, on good terms. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Amy and I had talked about doing some stuff on our own and um, they kicked us in the gear, but made us do it quicker. And so we, um, taught our first students, enrolled in March
0: of 2012. So you designed your own, took your own program, and yep. you guys built a new program. Yeah, new program called ACES,
1: um, which comes after one of our mentors. You know, Dr. Rick, he used to say, if you're going to do it, be the best of the best, just like Top Gun. Yeah. So our acronym is ACES, all uh, my clinic name is All Creatures Every Spine, and our school is Animal Chiropractic Education Source. Yeah, and uh, we have a thing on the wall in front of the classroom. It says, uh, "You're more than a champion. You're an ace." <laughs> 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 so, I like to think that that goes all the way back to to um, Parker when we when our options when we talked to Rick. Yeah, because he said you need to be the best of the best. Yeah. And if you're not, don't do
0: it. So
1: where did you teach that first class? The first class we taught at Salina. Um, and we taught there from 2012 till 2016. Um, so the first classes we taught in Salina. Um, of course, our program has always been half online and half at, the, at our house. Yeah. Um, we use our client animals. Uh, they get adjusted by students. Um, so we started having, with three modules instead of six because all the lectures are online. Yeah. So you have the same amount of hours, but it's just, when you come to that Texas, it's more hands-on. You're not sitting there listening to very many lectures. It's a lot of hands-on, a lot of interactive lectures. I mean, we do some marketing. We do some, we do some technique, of course, on hand lectures, but we do some marketing lectures, which are all. Really, you can't do it because it's like, tell me about your practice. Tell me how your practice works. Yeah. Well, here's how I would implement chiropractic in your practice. Yeah. You know, oh, your state laws, you're a chiropractor. Your state laws are different than Joe's. Joe's state laws are different, but here's what I would do in your state. Here's what I would do in your state. And so we custom our marketing on module one. We challenge our students to go home and adjust five animals a day after module one. Okay. Yeah. We when we went to options, we didn't, we didn't, we basically they didn't say you don't you can check them, but don't really adjust anything until you're done.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. How has that gone? I mean, it's awesome. Like we talked to a lady. There's a uh, one of our students now. She's been to module one, hasn't been back yet to module two, and she's adjusting. Um, she says, you know, and that's how I know that that's the challenge we threw out there. Because she said, you know, you challenged us. And I think I'm a little bit above the challenge. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a lot of challenges that I throw out there. Which one did you take? <laughs> and she said, well, you told us we should adjust five a day. And she goes, I think that I'm adjusting uh, probably between seven and ten a day. Yeah. And he said, well, what are you charging? Seventy-five. All right. and." So we, and she's three days a week. She's going to pay for her course, $15,000, which includes the trip and everything in, in under six months. Yeah. Probably closer to three months. And she's not even done taking it yet. Yeah. And she's already paid for the course. There's, I don't know of any other tool that you can do that with, Neil. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and she's doing it. So. Anyway, we lived there for, and we, and then we decided we made a vision board, put the house up there that we wanted, put the number of acres up there that we wanted, you know, and my wife said, we needed this vision board. And I'm like, yes, there, you know, I mean, come on now, you know me, Yeah. you'd probably be born if, if, if we came and said one of the three of you guys, Dr. Rodney or Dr. Rodney with the toothpick, yeah. you know, chiropractor <laughs> from Kansas, Dr. O. Dr. Ormston, because it wasn't Dr. O back then, it was Dr. Ormston, or or Dr. Neil. You know which one of us has a vision board? Wait uh, Both Rodney and I would have gone. Dr. Neil has a
0: vision board. <laughs> yep, Dr. Neil's got a vision board. And did you act then? No, no. Okay, but yeah, most likely, man, most likely to have a vision board.
1: Right, would have yeah. been you. It wouldn't have been me. <laughs> Even when I did it, it was like, mm, yes, dear. <laughs> But we did a vision board back in, in 2015, and I we look at the vision board now. Yeah. The only problem with the vision board is it wasn't big enough. Yeah. What'd you put on it? We put a house, you know, a rock house with a, a green metal roof, and we even had a contract on the house yeah. at the time. Yeah. contract fell through. It was about 3,000 square feet, and we live in a 10,000 square foot house now. And, uh, you know, the house we moved into had a wood shake shingle roof, and so I made sure I pointed that out that it wasn't the vision board house. And then we had some air conditioner problems six months later and they came out and Eric, uh, insurance guy said, yep, you need a new roof too. And, oh, by the way, we won't, we won't pay for a shake shingle roof anymore. Cause it's a fire hazard. So you need to probably put a metal roof on, on that house Yeah, and uh, insurance is going to pay for most of that. And, uh, Dr. Amy said, can it be green? <laughs> So it she was right. Weird. We now live in a white stone house with a green metal roof that was on the vision board.
0: And that the idea of that of the ranch was a place to train students. To
1: Train students, the whole thing, and and raise chiropractically adjusted, chemical free food.
0: And so I, I know, but let's go through. I mean, you you set up oh. a pretty special um, environment for the students. We did,
1: yes, we we do. They come in. Um, I mean, we live forty-five minutes from any place. Yeah, an hour and a half from Dallas. So they get there. Uh, we have ten bedrooms. Um, you come in, and we—it's—it's it's, everything is gluten-free, sugar-free, anti-inflammatory from the get-go. Um, it's quiet. You know, we come in. We we teach in the classroom. That's you know, significantly family-style. We have uh, six old-fashioned oak dining room tables. That seat six people each. Yeah, and we have six of those in the classroom. All right, and and we basically set three people on a classroom so that nobody has to crane their neck, and we have to. There's TVs, three big screen TVs in there, and uh, we look at the PowerPoint presentations, and then we go down and we have dog lab on Thursday. So you get there Thursday at noon. We go over dog adjusting techniques for the sacral pelvic, just like you and I did, but we do it. We get there Thursday, we go over the techniques Thursday afternoon, and Thursday night, they are, students are adjusting
0: sacral pelvic of dogs. Let's go back to the food for a minute. So, I mean, you could have Ritz crackers laid out in a basket. What What was the idea behind the food? The The food is, well,
1: <clears throat> You nobody can see this now, but you saw me at my worst. Um, I weighed a lot more than I do right now. Uh, I weighed a lot more than I did when you and I were in class in 98. You know, um, I probably gained close to 100 pounds. It was up around 300. And uh, um, Dr. Amy said basically at one point in time we were dating and she said, well, are you are going to do something about your weight? And I was like, yeah, why? <laughs> she said, well, if we're not going to, you know, if you're not going to take care of yourself, then there's no sense in us dating anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess I probably ought to take care of myself then. Yeah. Because I kind of like this, us dating. So anyway, um, started losing some weight, watching my diet, eating healthy, and and it made sense. And she was like, we were trying. And we noticed when we got Riley off of sugar, his seizures went down. Yeah. When we got Riley off of gluten, his seizures went down even more. So diet, man, must have something. And, you know, your stomach doesn't hurt all the time. You don't, you know, you're not inflamed. You're not swollen and all kinds of stuff. When you get off some of that food, yeah, we recommend it for our pets. Right. You know, we yeah. recommend whole food, raw food diets. So why would we not recommend species appropriate food for people?
0: Right. Is it a bigger shock for the veterinarians who come in for class or the chiropractors that come in for class to be in that kind of environment? We see some of it surprising. Yeah. Some of it surprising.
1: Um, A lot of it depends on why they're there. Okay. Of course, we see a lot of veterinarians that are having paradigm issues in their own head. Yeah. They don't use drugs. They don't do that kind of thing for them or their family. And then they go to work and say, here, take this pill, take this potion. And it's like they're having trouble with that mm-hmm. and they can't handle it. So they got to change that. Yeah. And so they come. Well, they have no trouble with the diet. They're like, oh, yeah. this is awesome. This is what I want to be. Yeah. Um. So that's okay. Some chiropractors are healthy. It amazes me. There's some of both professions, though, that are not, you know, one of our worst um, was a chiropractor. And he would eat a um, in a two hour lecture. He could consume a movie size uh, Mike and Ike. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to hide it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but then you know he'd he'd have it in his you know books or whatever, and he you know and I knew he was eating something, but then he had the boxes all laying around, you know, and, and the students were like, yeah, he would always asking us if we wanted some. And uh, but he was, yeah, he he'd go through a box every two hours, so probably two boxes a day. Wow! Of Mike and Ike's or or uh, the red hot ones, you know, the cinnamon ones or
0: yeah. I'm
1: like wow! And he's a chiropractor.
0: Yeah. How many how many veterinarians show up and they're looking for just another tool in the toolbox, as they say, and and you guys need to impress them with the uh, chiropractic philosophy or turn them onto it, I guess. Um,
1: well, it used to be more, more veterinarians. Yeah. Um, but, but now we have a reputation, I think. Um, and I think our reputation is that if you want it to be a tool in the toolbox and you don't really care why it works, you know, then don't go see us. Yeah. Um, but every once in a while we still get one that doesn't believe it and they don't think they can do it. And, you know, but, Most of them are convinced by Sunday that that they can do it and they know what the chiropractic philosophy is. Yeah. I mean, we dip them in it pretty much. I mean, we don't tell people they have to get adjusted. We don't tell people they can't get adjusted. Um, We have a chiropractic adjusting table that was donated to us by an alumni. It's in our living room. (laughs) (laughs) Conveniently located. Conveniently located. Uh, We believe location is a state of mind. (laughs) So, most people are licensed in their state of mind. Uh Uh-huh. So, as long as we're both in the same state of mind, then you can get adjusted there. So, um, we have a lot of adjusting going on there and uh, after class and stuff. And so, a lot of veterinarians actually get their first chiropractic adjustment at class. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How much, how much of a, it must have been a huge pain in the ass to put your lectures online back then?
1: When we first started, it was. Um, so. But even going for Parker, I would have never dreamt. Like I have a part of my, you, you see my lectures, I like live video. Yeah. Um, because you never can get an animal to do what you want it to do if it's live. So video is always better. Yeah. Okay, good video. Um and I had this one PowerPoint way back when it was a neurological examination of the quadruped and it went through all these neuro you know patellar reflex and all the reflexes and and it went I had normal and abnormal uh slow fast normal absent on all these reflexes in both the dog and the horse yeah tons of video and you could go back and forth and watch normal and then go watch hyper and then go watch slow and then go back to the main slide. And it was going great. I was, and then all of a sudden it went fell to pieces and I couldn't make this video work, this PowerPoint work. Yeah. And I'm calling PowerPoint. I'm saying, I don't know what's going on. I can't make this one work. And they're like, of course the first layers. Well, did you plug it in? Yes. Did you save it? Yes. You know, we went through 11 layers of, of support at Microsoft. Yeah. And I got to the 11th layer and I told him what was going on and he goes, oh, you have 101 hyperlinks. I said, what? He said, you have 101 hyperlinks. PowerPoint is maxed at 100 hyperlinks per PowerPoint. Okay. <laughs> Great. He said, yeah, take out one hyperlink and see if it works. So I did. It worked. It's like, wow, who would have known and then, remember when we talked about what I was going to go to vet school? I was going to be a cow vet? Yeah. So here's a cow vet, you know, sitting in the back seat, uh, back row of a vet school, figuring out that you max PowerPoint hyperlinks at 100. Yeah. In one presentation. <laughs> yeah, in one presentation. Okay. Long ways. All, all of a sudden, I'm a computer geek.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So, so, all right.
1: Yeah. So putting it online was easy. You know, we just finding a platform at the time was hard. Yeah. But we do have a we have a secure platform. Um, it's called uh, eLeap, and you know the thing of it is, is by going through eLeap, we were able to get race approval for our CE. I mean, we exceed what most uh, licensing boards are requiring for online
0: CE. Nice. And I, we should talk. I mean, you guys offer CE. Yeah. I mean, not just the it's not just the uh, classroom the class stuff for the basic course, but it's there's online CE there as we well. We have
1: online CE. It's race approved. It's ABCA approved. Um, all you got to do is make sure you ask and look at the website because some stuff is race approved and some stuff is ABCA approved and some stuff is not approved and some stuff is Minnesota approved and oh, it just gets you know that is a headache. Yeah. But, but yeah, so just which dot I do you cross and which T do you, you know, put a dot above and get, make sure you get the right stuff for the right board. Uh huh. But yeah, we do all that
0: on a variety yeah. of topics. Yes. Yes.
1: We have, and we have multiple lecturers. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then we just put it up there and people, we've got a couple from Dr. Ava Frick and there's some from, um, Paul, um, Bur- Brungard, I think his name from uh, hero dog braces, Paul Uh, Brummer, Brummer. Yeah. 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 From hero dog braces. Um, and then, you know, Dr. Amy, and then we have a bunch of chiropractors on there talking about practice management, building your practice and all kinds of stuff. And we're going to put some more up there. Um, you know, marketing, we do a lot of, uh, practice marketing stuff out there. Um, you know, like you said today, we build 3d skeletons, the, the skeletons we used in class when we were going, you know, if you break them, you can't fix them. Yeah, uh, I have nine of those uh, <laughs> in a bucket. You know, they're pretty much not worth anything, and you can't fix them. Yeah. So we started. We got our own three D printer, and we started making uh, dog skeletons, and then we make horse skeletons too. Um. And so, because you can't, you know, educate, and we sell those to everybody. Yeah. Um. You know, we find stuff, we go to the chiropractic meetings, we go to the vet meetings. We're always looking for ways to improve animal chiropractic um, and make it better because, you know, people still ask, is it a thing? Is it a thing? Is it really a thing? Yeah. So, yeah, we wrote the book. Yes, it's really a thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I mean, from the beginning, it seems like when we first started, you've been writing and um putting out um, client management or client um, materials. And now you guys are supporting the kind of supporting the business side of it. Has that always been an interest? To- well,
1: for me, client education was always important.
0: Yeah. Because,
1: you know, I got a little ADD going on, a little OCD. And, and you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, I told 14 people that today. Why didn't you listen? You know? And, um, and so – you know, if you're the third person that asks the same question in a day, you may not get a very good answer because I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And and so for me to be able to hand something to somebody and, and go over it with them is important. It's huge because it makes sure I get all the points. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, in a day-to-day practice, how many times do you tell somebody to go up and down the stairs? Uh-huh. That's the best thing you can do for that right now for your dog. Just find you a stairway and go up and down. You know, fast up, slow down. Fast up, slow down. You know, and and if you tell somebody that, you know, ten times, (sighs) why am I doing that? Well, because when he goes up, gravity is bringing the ass end down and putting more weight on the back, and so it's going to strengthen those back legs going up. And, you know, going down the front, you want to be careful because it's going to put all the weight on the front end and, you know, take the weight off the back end and, you know, but that would be a really good exercise for your dog right now at his level. That would be something easy that you can do at home and da-da-da. All right.
0: But man, you know, so we'll get that on the paper here.
1: <laughs> Read it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, in addition to talking to students when they're in in, the, in in person at the modules about marketing, so that sort of thing, what other sorts of business support well, do you guys offer?
1: Oh, so Dr. Amy does coaching. Okay. One-on-one. Yeah. And group. So both. Um, and, you know, somebody had the other day, well, isn't coaching expensive? Well, all education is expensive. Yeah. You know? So even do-it-yourself education, you know, um, I mean, you're a guy, I'm a guy, you got a house. I guarantee there's some things that you've done at your house, you know, uh-huh, that cost you a little bit more <laughs> <laughs> than if you'd have hired a professional. Right. Right. Yeah. Because their education, they you know, and they're charging you, but oh, I can do this myself. Uh huh. And you got educated. And now you know how to do it, but it sure cost you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So education costs. So if you got time and money, go get your go by all means go do it yourself. Don't don't worry about the people that went before you and have been there and have done the same things. That's basically what coaching is. Wherever whatever kind of coach you get. Yeah. You know, uh, whether you have a personal trainer, you know, that's helping you with individual coaching. Whether you have, you know. Um, a religious coach, uh, somebody that helps you get your brain on on task, your spiritual thing going. I mean, I think it's important that that we better ourselves in every way. So if you do that on your own, great. But she's there to coach. I'm not, because um, my patience level sometimes isn't very good. Yeah. So I know that about me. So I'm probably not going to be a coach. <laughs> And she's coaching holistic veterinarians, coaching holistic veterinarians, animal chiropractors. That's her, her main thing. Yeah. Um, and helping them increase their quality of life, uh, increase their patient's quality of life and, um, find out what their true mission statement is. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that she says to me and, and I listen to it and I think about, you know, we read these mission statements. We all been to the mission statement, building places and, you know, um, you don't need to tell me your mission statement right now, but how many of us have a mission statement that if you can read it, it sounds awesome, right? Yeah. That's your mission statement. See, it's right there. Everybody can read it. Okay. Now don't look at it and tell me what your mission statement is. Right. Because your mission statement should be memorable. Everybody in the practice should know it. Everybody should be able to repeat it. So basically if it's over about eight seconds long, They're they not happening. So you got to be able to streamline your mission statement, Mm -hmm. you know, to what's your mission statement. Our mission statement is helping doctors build successful animal chiropractic practices. That's our mission statement. Yeah. What goes into that? Client education, quality adjusting, being able to identify the subluxations, being able to remove the subluxations, knowing when to refer, knowing when not to refer, knowing how to, Talk to the referring people, knowing how to educate clients.
0: How has your uh, chiropractic uh, philosophy and practice changed since you got released into the wild?
1: (laughs) Well, where I guess I went to options. Anybody can look at that. Anybody can find that out because that was the only school available when you and I went. Right. Um, Pedro opened he- uh, Healing Oasis shortly after. Yeah, we went. I think in 2001 was her first year, and then 2002 was the first year that we opened Parker. Yeah, so 2003, sorry, yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. first year for Parker. Um, and 2012 was the first year for for Aces. So there's more schools out there now. But when we went, um, and I think Sharon was concerned about being too aggressive with her philosophy. Yeah, um, when you read. Some of the things she wrote, I think her philosophy was right up there. Um, but she taught it as a tool in the toolbox. Yeah. And that's the way we learned it. Yeah. Um, the more I learn about chiropractic philosophy, it is the tool in the toolbox. <laughs> it 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 is the first tool in the toolbox. Um, it is a diagnostic tool, it is a treatment tool, and it works. Um, above down, inside out, it's the only way the body heals. Um Anything else is artificial. You know, if you're not dying, then, you know, boom. Um, you know, I was led to chiropractic because I have an autistic brain injured son. That from from about nine months on, he got uh, something happened that, that injured his brain at that time. And then he's been autistic and had seizures ever since. And then I thought things were going pretty good. And then, you know... I guess my chiropractic philosophy needed a challenge. And uh my other son got hit by a drunk driver and was given a one percent chance of life. And chiropractic saved him, but he was getting all kinds of medical stuff at the same time. Yeah. And so everybody had to work together. And the bad part about that was the chiropractors were having to um basically sneak in and adjust it And I found out then that there's definitely some chiropractors that truly believe. In above, down, inside, out, and that everything needs to be adjusted. And then there's some that just talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they basically chiropractic saved my son. Uh, medical kept him alive until chiropractic could work.
0: <laughs> Explain the above, down, inside, out.
1: Well, above, down, inside, out. Everything is born with the material it needs. You know, we know the brain controls healing because the brain controls every organ in the body. It controls the ability, if you can hear me or not hear me, or my ability to talk is controlled by my brain. Yeah. How my gut functions, you know, how my everything happens. And and we know, um, and there's – so one of the things that helps me, I think, is that, you know, and I always tell people I'm not the smartest bulb on the, bo- on the box. And, and I know that's not good philosophy, that we hear what we hear. So – you know, we do IMs at, at, at home. You know, I am amazing. I am courageous. I am daring. I am brilliant. You know, and we do IMs because your brain hears what you tell it. Mm-hmm. So when I say I'm not the brightest bulb in the box, well, but I say that not necessarily to cut me down, but to help other people understand that they can do this too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That anybody can do this. Because I wasn't a 4.0 vet student, but I built two chiropractic programs, two animal chiropractic programs. I've written over a hundred articles, yeah. you know, in, in magazines that have been published on animal chiropractic. I've got one book out. I've got two more coming out this year. Um, wow. When I, ah, you know, but I try to keep it simple. I try to get it to where everybody can understand it. Like today we were talking a lot about the white noise in the brain Yeah, and how, you know, we know the chiropractic adjustment affects how the brain handles all the white noise. Oh, that sounds cool. That's all that stuff in the background, right? Yeah. All that clutter and all that stuff. Yeah, that's it. Well, but guess what? That's what keeps you alive. That white noise in your brain is pretty dang important. It's your heartbeat going. It's your lungs going. It's your cells getting, you know, it's your cells eating, drinking, peeing, and pooping. Every cell in your body has to do that. Somebody has to tell them to do that. It's your brain. And if you had to think about that, you got three trillion cells in your brain. And your body, sorry, not in your brain. Three thousand cells, three trillion cells in your body. You got to tell each one to poop, each one to eat. I have enough trouble. Just taking care of that for me. <laughs> you know, let alone times 3000. Yeah. So that's above down inside out. If, if, if above down, if that communication from the brain to the rest of the organ is working properly, then the body has the ability to heal itself. So from in to out, you know, when you have a, when you have a cut, you know, what's the last thing that goes? That lateral of scab. You know, you got that scab and you, it like starts to come off and it, and you finally, it peels off and you're like, oh my gosh, there's nothing. It's all healed. That's, that's inside out.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. How, how valuable has it been for you and Dr. Amy to uh, be involved in uh, straight chiropractic activities like, oh. Cal, like Cal Jam? Oh,
1: everybody. I don't care what you are. You can be a doctor. You can be a plumber. You can be the electrician. You can be a school teacher. You can be retired. You can be a stay-at-home mom. I don't care. Stay-at-home dad. If you have the opportunity to go to a straight chiropractic philosophy meeting, like Cow Jam, The Wave, Focus OKC, it's in Oklahoma City, um, the Brookshire experience, they're, they're all over. Um, We don't really know about them, but they are amazing. They are amazing. First off, today, if I had brought a chiropractor in that wanted to go to these meetings, could I have got him in? No. 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 Maybe as a technician, but probably not. Right. Okay. If you go as a veterinarian to a chiropractic meeting, they will let you in. They will talk to you. They will embrace you. They will not change what they talk. They will talk their talk. They will do their thing. It's huge. And when we go to some of these meetings, we meet some people that just like amaze us even. Like Dr. Amy has talked to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. about his dogs.
0: So we should define what straight chiropractic is.
1: Well, straight chiropractic is they say that all we're going to do is adjust. Now that part, that is has that we don't use any modalities. We don't use cold laser, we don't use uh PEMF, we don't use anything, nutrition or anything. We just adjust. Now some of them have expanded a little bit because they realize that with today's nutrition, you've got to do some supplementation because you can't get good nutrition and the body can't hold it. So Um there's not an exercise program. Had a heard a guy by the name of Dr. Dobson um speak. And he sat up and he had a standard process patch on one shoulder and an exercise equipment patch on the other shoulder. And he said, I'm a straight chiropractor. And everybody laughed. He said, no, seriously, I practice just the way BJ and Didi Dee Dee did. Every one of my patients eats whole food organic nutrition, just like BJ's and Didi's Dee did. Well, what, what else was available in 1910? You ate whole food organic. Nutrition. Yeah, every one of BJ and DD's Dee clients had a job. It worked out every day. It was called life.
0: Yeah, we should we should say that BJ and DD
1: were early early chiropractors. They were the uh, originator and the developer of chiropractic modern chiropractic back in the early 1900s. Yeah, and every one of their patients was whole food diet. Yeah, and, and exercise, and so that was straight chiropractic back then. Yeah, And so now straight chiropractic is adjusting and a few people, a few of them will add some, some diet and some, um, exercise, but that's it. Nothing else.
0: Nothing else. No roller tables, no cold laser, no. Right. So walk me through a day at Cal jam. So Cal jam. So we get there and,
1: um, you walk in first off you walk in and the, the, Um, Crowd control. It's in California, Stegman Center, three thousand people. Um, So the the security is a little bit intense, really, for a CE meeting. All right, all right. (laughs) And we get there, and you walk in, and the the first year was it depends on what the theme is for the year, um, but so it's a Kiss lookalike band for forty minutes (laughs) to start the morning. Yeah. All right. Then we have uh, a speaker about. Some kind of grounding or um, holistic medicine or chiropractic, but it's about healing above, down, inside, out. It's about getting adjusted. It's about why the chiropractic adjustment is huge. Two of those, 40 minutes, TED Talk style, Mm -hmm. and then another rock band. And then another speaker, and then rock band. Then you break, go to the exhibit hall, come back, rock band. (laughs) Uh, We've been three years – the 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 uh it's been Kiss, uh, Billy Idol, and um Journey. <laughs> so those were the basic um yeah the themes. So it's it's just like you can't not be fired up when you're done. Yeah. Um you know, seven hours of lecture, seven fifty minute TED talks, probably four hours of rock and roll, um, and you go home. You go to bed. Go back and do it the next day. Uh, Sherry Tenpenny, um, Dale Bigtree, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Um, a lot of big, a lot of big names in the alternative health world. Um, Greenwood, um,
0: yeah. Uh, it was that Bush? So nice. Yeah. Are the other meetings you mentioned? Are they pretty similar? Yeah, they are. Focus. They're smaller. Mm-hmm. uh and the and the band
1: is probably uh recorded <laughs> countdown is the only live live one yeah uh but yeah it's pretty amazing and they didn't have it this year it was pro- postponed but um we spoke uh our goal is of course to have animal chiropractic on those stages yeah and we're getting closer you think we're getting closer yeah yeah um So I actually spoke uh, at a straight chiropractic meeting in um, September last year in Boston, a straight chiropractic meeting. It was uh, the uh, Massachusetts Chiropractic Philosophy.
0: How'd that go? It went great.
1: Um, They really liked it. And we talked about animal chiropractic and being specific and why. So my part thing when I talk to chiropractors is about how important specificity is. And yes, you know how to adjust humans. And yes, you know adjust humans of all sizes. But you don't know how to specifically adjust a dog atlas. How to specifically adjust a horse atlas. And you got to be specific. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just manipulation. Yeah. Which is not chiropractic adjustment. Are they buying that? They are. When we, when we talk to them about it. You bet. Yeah, they get it. They get it.
0: And how many of them didn't know it was a thing? A lot of them. I mean, there's chiropractors
1: that... Well, you know, I've adjusted a few client dogs and stuff, but I didn't realize I could make money at it. I could make it a part of my practice, you know, and that, oh, I need to be supervised. I need to get a referral. I need, you know, depending on the state they're in, they didn't, they didn't understand that. So yeah. So we, we really bring it to them and help them understand, you know, what a missing part of the healthcare picture is in their community. If there's not somebody certified in animal chiropractic. And and we really don't care whether it's a veterinarian or or a chiropractor as long as they're certified and doing it legally in their area.
0: Yeah. Are you optimistic about the future of animal chiropractic?
1: I am. We've got a couple new laws. One of our students wrote himself out of a job. (laughs) So Utah uh, was having some trouble with their laws. And so one of our students very quietly wrote a letter to his senator and his congressman um, and he was in class and the ABCA test is every September. So he wrote him a, uh, wrote him a you know thing in June and he, he wrote him a letter and they made some phone calls and I talked to him and Dr. Amy talked to him. And anyway, they got the law written and this was in the summer. He wrote it. And in February it got enacted into law. Problem is that because of COVID, the AVCA didn't have a test in September. And the new law in Utah says you must be AVCA certified in order to adjust animals. <laughs> so he had taken a course, he was adjusting animals, doing it, it kind of legally, but not really. It was a gray area in Utah. So in February, it actually became illegal for him to adjust animals until September when the AVCA had their next exam. <laughs> so the fact that he was able to change that law, uh, Arkansas just changed their law. Um, we're, we're seeing more and more laws change and improving the ability. And, and here's the thing. If you're a veterinarian, listen to this, because I know your audience is a lot of veterinarians. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not going to let chiropractic go to a chiropractor. Here's the thing. Most veterinary clinics are overbooked. They're busy. You know, if you have over a two week wait for an animal to get into you people, that's too long. These people will not wait that long. They're going to go find something somewhere, and unfortunately, it might be a layperson. But if you put a chiropractor triaging in your waiting room or in your parking lot, okay, my average time to do- treat a dog is less than five minutes, and within ten minutes, I'll know if that dog needs more therapy today or if he can wait till tomorrow. All right, yeah. So within ten minutes, I know does that dog need to come see you this afternoon or not? So. I can triage patients. I can treat, you know, 12 patients in an hour with chiropractic. I can't do that with traditional medicine. Yeah. So, hiring a certified animal chiropractic, chiropractor to triage patients for the rest of your clinic is a big moneymaker thing for you. One, it gets you home earlier. How many, of, how many veterinarians do you know that wouldn't like to get home earlier? Right. Have higher quality time with your family. Fewer emergencies. Wait a minute. How do you know we have fewer emergencies? Well, our patients are all adjusted. So their parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous systems are in balance. Our animals in our practice make better decisions. So they don't do things like run through a fence in the middle of the night. Because, I mean, let's face it. If a horse runs through a fence, it's to get away from the lion that doesn't exist. So balance the sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system. You don't have those many emergencies
0: We're, I believe we're in agreement here. We just, dis- we were discussing earlier today that as important as it is for a chiropractor to be certified, I think that it's a veterinarian should be certified as well. I do too. Yes. You know, in whatever modality you're using, you know, I mean,
1: I could start, I haven't done surgery of any kind on an animal in over 10 years. It would be perfectly legal for me to go downstairs, buy an anesthetic machine on time, get a uh, cutting laser, right? Yeah. And start doing laser surgery tomorrow afternoon. Right? Right. I haven't used any anesthetic. I probably don't even know. You know, heck, I used isofluorine back when. Back when I was doing, and that's probably not even being used anymore. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Maybe it still is, but it's probably not turn of the art, right? Yeah. State of the art. And and I never have done surgery with a laser before. But what the heck? It's the newest, brightest thing. I'm sure they can give me the pointers, turn the dial here, turn the dial there, turn the dial there, aim, and, you know, right? Yeah. How tough can it be? And that's perfectly legal for me to do, and I think that's just wrong. Right. I mean, I never have agreed with that. So yes, I think veterinarians should be. I agree that we teach way too much in vet school, but I also agree that they don't learn enough. You know, we need more hands on in vet school. We need less specificity. We need less specializing. And, you know, I see, we see graduates all the time coming out of, coming to our class and they're all worried about getting a residency and doing an internship and. You know, man, all that does is increase the debt load. Yeah, and and we need to be turning out more confident doctors that can handle making their repayments and not be suicidal. And and that's one of the things that chiropractic can do because it gives you successes. I mean, think about in your practice, how many chiropractic success stories have you got in the last twenty years? few. A few. Oh, <laughs> Come on now. Compared to some of the other modalities you use. Right. Right. You know, I'm sure, oh, yeah, I've got a cold laser success story. I've got a acupuncture. I've got a treadmill. I've got a, yeah, but how many of them also had
0: chiropractic? Yeah. You know? They all did. They all did. Yeah. Yeah. And the chiropractic success stories are so much fun. Do you think can you put your finger on what it's been about chiropractic besides having Riley to work with? What is it about chiropractic that just grabbed you? Well, one, the fact that
1: it worked. Yeah. Even though I didn't I didn't believe in it, I I didn't think it I did anything. It worked. In spite of me, it's kind of like gravity. There's signs out there that you know, hey, chiropractic's like gravity. doesn't matter whether you believe in it or not, it works. And and it is, it's that way. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, one of my cases that I talk about is this horse that came in and, you know, the horses we had at, at, at school when we were learning, you know, I, neither one of us was an equine doctor neither of us really wanted to be an equine doctor. And the horses we saw, we could do anatomy from across the room. They were, skinny old thoroughbreds you know we could see every bone in their body so it was easy to find them and set up the first horse i had that came to my clinic was fat and overweight and you couldn't feel nothing and it had a history of a really severe trauma and and i'm like oh man and i adjusted it i'm like i don't know if i did any good or not and i they didn't come back for the recheck and so that you know man that screws it up it's like oh i didn't do very good and then I see him six months later, and they're like, oh, well, yeah, that horse had never run a barrel pattern before because it turned, couldn't turn his head. A week later, it ran a barrel pattern. A week after that, we sold it um, because for like $10,000. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. So maybe it worked a little bit, you know? That's that, <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right. Well, it would have been nice to know that because you know, as veterinarians, we sometimes lack confidence. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that they instill in us in vet school, you know. Yeah. And and then it's, and clients sure don't help, you know, but man, chiropractic gives you the confidence. It just, it doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter. You know, we have people come in all the time, our students, and we have them check, and and we, like, we do what's called show me chiropractic, because that's what I had to learn. It was showing me what was wrong? Yeah. And then I would fix it. And then I would look again and it would be different. All right. And the clients would go, ooh. And I'd be like, yeah, that's kind of cool, isn't it? So that's how we keep doing it. And we teach that way. And so these students come in and they'll check an animal. And they'll be like, oh, this is subluxated. And we're like, yeah, we'll fix it. And so they'll set up and they'll adjust. And they'll go to pump it again. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, it didn't move. I said, are you sure? well, yeah, I'm I'm sure it didn't move. I said, well, check it. Well, check it just like you did the first time. And they'll check it and they'll be like, their eyes get big. They're like, oh my God, I fixed it. I fixed it. (laughs) You know? And so things like that, I mean, because that's, to me, that happens all the time. You know? It's like, there'll be something and I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Let me try this. Let me try that. And we're going to adjust here and this seems sore here, so we're going to adjust this and and call me in three days and tell me how he does. And they're like, oh, he's great. And it happens over and over and over again. And so I think the ability to instill confidence in what I'm doing easily and immediate gratification. I mean, you know, we all like immediate gratification. Yeah. You know, and you do surgery, you up a wound, how long before you know it heals? Two
0: weeks, right. three weeks, yeah.
1: four weeks. If the animal, you know, you adjust an animal, how long before you know if it made a difference? Usually, boom, now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, may not be a hundred percent better, but it's better. What happened? Well, you adjusted it, and I think that's what grabbed me. You know, and then the fact that the the older I get, and the more we look at things, and we try to simplify. And it's like, wow, I don't need all these big bells and whistles and all this stuff. I don't need all this stuff to fix animals. Yeah. Yeah, there there needs to be an emergency. I mean, I'm not saying there needs to be an emergency clinic, you know, mm-hmm. in every big community. And there probably needs to be an emergency clinic within a couple hours of everybody. Right. But not every veterinarian needs to be able to do, you know surgery and and dental extractions with with x-rays and you know i'm sorry but if there's six of six people in town that have a dental x-ray machine there's probably a little overkill yeah you know yeah because adjust them change their food and a lot of it you know it's amazing what happens when you just adjust and alter the nervous system to that tooth that you're trying to extract Give me 14 days and let's see what happens if I just adjust the atlas and alter the nervous system to that area. Right. So, yeah. Very good, Bill. Thank you, sir.
0: I think it's time to land this one. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Good to talk to you. All
1: right. Thanks. Have a good evening. You too.